You're listening to the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey, a leading multi-platform audio content and entertainment company. Listen on the Odyssey app. Hello and welcome to the Marketing Futures Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Burbridge. I don't think it's revolutionary to say that thought leadership has long been a key element of B2B marketing. However, as economic uncertainty looms large and brands begin to tighten their purse strings, thought leadership could be the difference from your business being seen as a nice-to-have or a need-to-have. Joe Kingsbury, U.S. Managing Director at Edelman Business Marketing, joined the podcast to discuss a new report created in partnership with LinkedIn on the state and future of thought leadership in B2B marketing. Let's start the show. Everybody, we are back in the ANA Marketing Futures Virtual Podcast Studio. And today on the show, I am so happy to welcome Joe Kingsbury, U.S. Managing Director of Edelman Business Marketing. Joe, thank you so, so much for coming on the pod today. I really, really appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. So we're jumping into a a pretty fascinating report that Edelman does on a yearly basis with LinkedIn. But before we get carried away, I want to just kind of set a baseline with our listenership. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how your journey led you to become the U.S. Managing Director? Yeah, sure. So as you mentioned, I head up Edelman Business Marketing, uh, which is part of Edelman, which is, uh, you know, the world's largest communications and and marketing firm. Absolutely. And we really focus on uh, business to to business. And so, you know, how I, you asked, how did I get into this kind of category of B2B marketing? And I guess without giving you sort of the whole life story, you know, when I was coming out of school, technology was obviously really hot at the time. And I wanted to figure out a way to get into the tech industry. And so I actually started doing a thing called analyst relations, which is all about helping, uh, in that case, was helping startups to really kind of articulate their story and their value uh, in order to help them get funding, get acquired and the like. And so It was from there that I really got a lot of exposure to corporate communications, public relations, um, and then also digital marketing. And so I was in working in the enterprise technology industry for uh, a long time, you know, with clients like IBM and just really great, interesting companies that were doing, you know, a, a ton of different things in lots of different industries. That was really where I started getting a lot more exposure just to B2B marketing as as a thing. You know, I don't even know at that time that I knew that it, it was just on its own, such an interesting discipline. But what I really liked about it was it was a chance to really dive into just all kinds of like super interesting subject matter. Again, like how are technology companies helping to solve, you know, real problems that affect everyday people across a variety of different, you know, industries. And so, but what I also really liked was just the the chance to really use creativity, to use technology, and, you know, ultimately to, to show some kind of impact on a client's business. And so that's kind of how I got here. And I, and I think, but I guess like what's keeping me here is that mm-hmm. it's amazing that in the past decade, the category and just, you know, the discipline of B2B marketing has evolved so much over the years. And it's just presented all kinds of really interesting new opportunities to help clients solve problems and and to learn new things. Yeah, absolutely. I actually started up 
with the ANA about 10 years ago. And that is one of the singular, most kind of fascinating, cool things to watch evolve. People always ask me like, oh, wow, like you mean like the big ad campaigns for like this Coca-Cola? And I'm like, yeah, but honestly, there is some stuff going on in the B2B sector that just my marketing geek brain cannot get enough of. That's a big reason why I'm like geeked out for this episode. So if you're cool to do it, you want to dive in? Yeah, let's go for it. Let's go for it. (laughs) So as I mentioned earlier, we're going to discuss a report that Edelman produces every year in partnership with LinkedIn. So this year's installment, which was launched just uh, this past December 2022, marks the fifth time this research has been conducted. Um, Before we jump into the freshest version, could you give us kind of like an origin story for the report itself? Sure. So it was about maybe five or six years ago that we started getting a lot of questions from our clients who were investing in doing thought leadership, investing in, you know, helping their executives kind of build their profiles on behalf of the company and and doing a lot of publishing. We were getting a lot of questions about what's the return on investment here. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where you kind of know it's having an impact, but they really wanted to understand, I think, at a more detailed level, how is this not only driving reputation change for us in a positive way, but also how is it generating demand, frankly, and and helping us, you know, win and retain customers. And when we were looking around for the answers, we didn't find anything that was just, you know, spot on in terms of answering that question. And long story short, we decided to just, you know, actually go out and conduct the research on our own. And so we partnered up with some of our friends over at LinkedIn to create, I guess, what was at the time really kind of a first of its kind research study on a global level to really get insight directly from B2B decision makers who have influence over purchasing and ask them, you know, how does thought leadership content actually influence your your purchasing behaviors. And so that was really kind of the, the origin of the report. Now over the past five years, we've you know always stuck with that central theme, but really evolved the report to kind of tackle different timely topics along the way. So we did a study during the height of the pandemic, uh, which was all about how you know sales and marketing were increasingly getting very aligned on mm. uh, you know how to engage with customers, you know, really out of necessity because of you know COVID sort of uh, so much uh, effort and resources being driven into things like digital marketing and content publishing, and so you know we we took a look at that, and then into the most recent study, what we focused on is clearly we're all hearing about you know, a rough economy. And, and headwinds heading into this year. In fact, we're, mm-hmm. we're already, you know, we're living it, we're experiencing right. it. Right. And so the study that we released in December was all about, you know, how are B2B decision makers thinking about their own organizations during this time and how can thought leadership play a role? Yeah. And I mean, I think that point you made with the the pandemic of like the, just the separation that in the same room energy was gone and therefore you needed to kind of triple down on everything else you were doing. And for a lot of B2B marketers, that is thought leadership. So as thought leadership is seemingly more important than ever for B2B marketers, and we can get into that a little if you'd like, I want to get clear on the definition of the term, because I think that some marketers get it wrong about thought leadership. So what do you think some marketers are are not getting about what thought leadership really is? 
That's a, that's a great question. It, and if you don't mind, I, I like to try and sort of spin the, the positive things on, on questions yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah. I'll tell you what some marketers are really getting right, right? And it, it, Hit me, yeah. And hopefully it gets to the heart of your question either way. But I think where, where companies are really doing a, a great job of coming up with and executing on, on thought leadership, it's because at a really basic level, they understand that it's not just a piece of content. It really is the organization's point of view on the issues that matter most to their customers. And I, I think that when you, or at least, you know, when, again, our clients are doing this really well, when they think of it that way, it lends a much more kind of strategic yes. sort of point of view around the importance of it and why it needs to be done well. And when they, when they frame it up that way internally as well, it helps them to get the buy-in from executive leadership and, and other parts of the company to actually, you know, do thought leadership well. So I would say that's one thing that, you know, some marketers are really getting right. Mm -hmm. I would say another thing is when they understand, this is going to sound very, very basic, but when they understand that, hey, it's not about you, it's it's about them. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, people like to hear about themselves. And so certainly one of the big themes from the research over the years has been that it, it's not about simply selling a product or a service. It's really about providing some kind of knowledge that can help your customer to, to solve a problem. Such a good answer. I want to touch on two things that really resonated with me is that, yeah, you're elevating it from a tactic to a, a strategy. You know what I mean? I think if you view thought leadership as a tactic, we're going to hit our, our white paper. We're going to roll this out. We've got a nice little content marketing lead gen campaign. You're limiting what it can do. When you elevate it to be something, a tenant that the entire organization holds true, the opportunities kind of really just multiply themselves. So I, I love the way you put that. And I do love the positive spin where the futures uh, gang over here. So optimism <laughs> is a must. And the other thing that I love about what you just said was there's the nature of storytelling that I think every single marketer, B2B, B2C, B2B to B2C, whatever, can learn a lesson from. In your story, you are not the hero. Your customer is the hero. And you are helping the hero get on their quest. And I think that that, what you just said in that, like, thought leadership is not about how smart you are. It's about how much you can help based on your knowledge and expertise. And I just really, I don't know, that really resonated with me. So I uh, just needed to throw that out there. It's a great way of framing that up, Michael, uh, in terms of the customer as the hero. People love to hear about themselves, right? Yeah. We're, we're human beings and that that's a fact. And so what you also reminded me of though, is that when I talked about how thought leadership is not simply a way to sell a product or a service, but in a lot of ways, when it is done really effectively, it, it becomes the way to sell, mm -hmm. yes. right? And it sort of creates that opportunity to really shed light on an issue that matters to the customer. How can they navigate it? How can you help them be successful? And then your product or your, your offering really then just kind of conveniently, it, you know, sort of slides in there as the yeah. answer to some of these questions. So, you know, as much as we talk about thought leadership around sort of big trends and, 
big thoughtful issues i don't want to forget that there is that component too where a lot of your listeners you know they might be thinking well look i'm on the hook to help generate demand at the end of the day and so um, i just want to point out that it, it really does sort of have that uh effect when it's done well let's talk about a different kind of element of thought leadership how important is presentation when it comes to thought leadership in 2023 and how important is the messenger themselves it's a really good question. So it, it reminds me of that saying in, in our industry, right, that, that the medium is the message. And I, I think that's true in a lot of ways. Uh, so both, uh, you know, the the style and the and the level of the presentation and the messenger are, are really important. I, one of the things that we hear a lot in the research that we have conducted is that B2B customers, they, they want content that is appealing. <laughs> quite frankly, and they yeah. want it to be in some cases fun, but they also want it to be rigorous, right? And so if it's, uh, for example, you know, having a strong data-backed point of view on a topic, they want things that are provocative and actually challenge their, their own beliefs um, instead of just, you know, validating maybe uh, some of the things that they already know. And so that part of it, I think, is really fascinating because there's so many different elements to balance there, right? It's like, how can you be fun, but also, you know, serious, depending mm -hmm. upon, you know, what yeah. kind of a company you are. It's really, it's, it's, it's a tricky kind of brand proposition in some ways. And also, you know, in terms of the messenger, B2B audiences tell us that in a lot of cases, they would actually prefer to hear from subject matter experts instead of CEOs or other C-level executives because, it, there's just, I think, going to be in some cases, maybe even more authenticity around certain topics. And, and you know, what we hear is that, you know, B2B buyers say, I, I want to hear it directly from the expert. Yeah, I was about to say straight from the source, because, yeah, there's just that thing. And especially if there's any interactive element with your your thought leadership, you really want somebody who can think on their feet. And like, it's great to see that you know, the, the, there's executive backing behind what the beliefs and everything, but yeah, end user to end user, you kind of want to just get it straight from the source. Like you said, this year's study was laser focused on the impact that like, you know, mentioned earlier, increasing economic uncertainty is having on B2B brands. Uh, so tell us how today's economic outlook and the possible recession is influencing companies thought leadership journeys. Yeah. So maybe even just to back up a, a little bit on that question, some of the data coming out of the report was about how you know, companies are really uh, sort of, you know, batting down the hatches, right? Preparing mm -hmm, this year mm -hmm. and doing things like making their procurement processes much more rigorous. B2B buyers saying, look, if things are rough, economically, I am going to be less receptive to sales. I'm going to be less receptive to marketing outreach. And so we can already, you know, sort of foreshadowing what's going to be a pretty tough environment. So in terms of how that's influencing the way, you know, companies are, are approaching thought leadership, one of the things that we've seen, uh, and this is not an entirely new trend, but I think it's it's being sort of increased by the current environment is a real focus on who are we doing this for and mm. what do we want to accomplish? And those sound like basic 
considerations that that should always be used. But for example, one of the things we're seeing is a lot more um, resource being dedicated to things like audience research mm -hmm. um, at, at the outset of thought leadership and, and really making sure that we understand what is top of mind for our audience right now. What are the things that are keeping them up at night? Companies are also, uh, I think, putting more effort into as I mentioned, getting alignment between the sales and the marketing functions to make sure that they're seeing and understanding the customer in, in a consistent way. And so, yeah, just in general, I would say that a lot of that kind of, you know, really smart upfront preparation before diving into, you know, the actual generation of thought leadership platforms and ideas is happening. I think it's ultimately going to be a really positive thing for those companies. And I think that it's just very smart. We often make the mistake of starting at step three. Like, well, we know this and we know that. So how are we going to do this? But making sure you know step one and step two is incredibly, incredibly important uh, just because of the, the, the state of change and the, the, the pace of the market. So yeah, that's very, that's very cool to, to hear that that is an increasing trend. So how can B2B brands show existing and prospective clients alike that they are a necessary partner or service versus simply a nice to have? You're talking about how the procurement processes are getting more rigorous. I think showing your necessity has got to be more important than ever. Yeah. So one of the themes from the report was this idea of, are you a need to have or a nice to have? And by the way, that that's not us, Edelman or LinkedIn making that judgment necessarily. It's it's more how are you viewed by your customers? Yeah. But to your your question, it's really about helping customers understand that you can help them find new opportunities mm. despite what might be a challenging economic environment. And so Obviously, this is going to look a little bit different depending upon which industry that you're in and, and what you do, but really kind of understanding those key trends, how they're going to impact the customer's business um, and how they can navigate this period and still be successful. E even, uh, I think, you know, further to that point, helping customers understand how you can help them win customers or retain customers that's really the opportunity to then talk about, you know, some of the things that you have to offer that, that can help them do that. And so, again, I know these probably sound like basic things, but in the context of kind of generating and publishing thought leadership ideas, it really does require a lot of alignment inside of the company mm -hmm. to figure out what's our story going to be. How are we going to back up that point of view? How do we make it really attention grabbing, but then also compelling and, and substantive in a way that a, a savvy, sophisticated B2B decision maker can really get some value from it? No small task, but when you can do it right, that can really be a differentiator. And I love the idea of new opportunities. I mean, you get into these economic uncertainties, it's all batting down the hatches, play it safe. 
when you can kind of open the their eyes back up or open the the possibilities back up to like no there are new business opportunities for you even in a tougher market yeah absolutely i think that that is something that marketers need to hear and if you can do so while showing your expertise win 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 across the board for sure and well actually just one additional point one of the things that really popped in the latest study was this idea that B2B customers uh, want to understand how can you help us take market share mm. from our competitors in this kind of environment as well. True that. Yeah, it's disrupt chaos is a ladder. You know what I mean? Like, that's a very good point. That's a great point. So speaking of the report and diving back in, were there any other kind of like formatting, topical preferences? Were there any kind of specifics among B2B decision makers that were sort of rising to the top in the last few years? Yeah. So one of the things we've seen is this interesting sort of dichotomy around what B2B customers want to see in in, in terms of, you know, topics and, and formats. Um, what the research tells us is that they want things that are increasingly short form, so we talked about sort of that ability to stand out in the feed, to grab attention. And so in a lot of cases, that's going to mean video. It means social media that um, maybe even in some cases doesn't look that unlike what you might encounter more on the consumer side of things. But then going back to that dichotomy, they also want longer form content that they can read or that they can listen to. And so uh, instead of looking at it as, you know, it, it's it's not a one size fits all proposition. Right. And instead of looking at it as one of, or the other, we really work with clients to understand, you know, based on your audience and what you most need to accomplish, what is the role for different kinds of formats, right? And, and I think they, if you think about that sort of the user experience or the customer journey, all of the different types of content really do have or often have um, a different type of role to play in ultimately getting the, the customer to, to really engage with um, thought leadership content. Yeah, it's a journey like every other piece of your marketing is a journey. And so you kind of need to be there for every step of it. So if there's one thing you want B2B marketers to take into this new year and glean from this report, what would the one key takeaway you'd want to leave them with? If you haven't started thinking about all this yet, now is the time. I think that's the the singular message because, you know, we were talking about this before. Remember, it's not just about creating a piece of content. Right. It, it's a point of view on the issues that matter most to your customers and do that right. It really takes time and effort to get alignment from within the organization to get the participation of maybe, you know, senior executive leaders, you know, and then not to mention actually generating ideas, yeah. figuring out how they can impact the business and then creating things and executing and market. And so all of that takes time if you want to do it well. And, uh, and you know, we're already into 2023 and, uh, you know, now is, is the time to certainly get moving on this if you haven't thought about it yet. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to take the uh, episode in a, a slightly different direction in a moment. But before we do, where can people get their hands on the fifth edition of the Edelman LinkedIn B2B report? Sure. So you can go directly to edelman.com and just type in a search for B2B thought leadership and you'll see uh, all of the research that we've done on this topic for the past five years. 
Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, now, Joe, as I said, we're going to take a little bit of a left turn here on the pod. Um, this question we ask all of our guests. We leave it open-ended purposefully. What are your thoughts on diversity, equity, and inclusion? Yeah, it's a good question. Look, I, I think, um, simply put, it's the right thing to do. I, you know, I would hope that in, in 2023, we're kind of getting to the point where people recognize it's uh, table stakes for, for doing business um, now. But what I would also add is that it's good for business, period. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, ha having a perspective that reflects your customers and a diversity of customers really enables you to do the best work. That's certainly what we've experienced in our own business, having that diversity of opinion and experiences helps us do better work. And it's also a talent issue, right? So uh, we all know that there's been a fierce competition for talent over the years. And, you know, having modern progressive views on diversity, equity, and inclusion is a, a way of actually getting the best kind of talent into your organization. So I, I, again, it's, it's the right thing to do and it's good for your business. Joe, we're getting into we're getting into the tough question territory. Okay, bring it on. Joe Kingsbury, U.S. Managing Director, Edelman Business Marketing. What is your favorite album of all time, and why? Wow, that that is a tough question. So I know, as, as somebody who who loves and listens to. Uh, probably every kind of music, it's almost impossible for me to choose. And yet. <laughs> so, okay. If you're going to put me on the spot, I'm just going to, I'll give you an honest answer. I'll give you the first one that comes to, to the top of my head. I, I'm going to go with Dear Science by TV on the radio. Oh man, that's great. And and the, the reason why is because, I, I mean, I, I love everything that those guys have, have done. That album, I think, was they just had such a different sound mm -hmm. for them yeah. when, when it came out. And I thought, wow, it's it's pretty amazing how they've essentially reinvented themselves and reinvented their sound. And I just I thought that was incredible. That's great. That's a fantastic, fantastic answer. Uh, let's bring it up to the present. Um, is there somebody you're listening to now, whether it's an artist, a song, a podcast, maybe a book? What's getting you excited nowadays? Yeah, well, you know, since you actually got me thinking about that idea of, uh, you know, reinvention and, you know, evolving yourself, I, I have actually been listening to uh, the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's new album, um, Cool oh, awesome. It Down. And I think it's probably been about a decade since they came out with anything. And, you know, kind of like the other album that I mentioned to you, they've, they've totally evolved their sound, right? Obviously, it, it, it's been a while, but... Um, I guess what was interesting for me when I heard it is that it's just a great reminder that I think in any walk of life, it's just how important it is to be able to keep things fresh yeah, and, and to keep adapting and, and changing. Um, and, and they've certainly done that just, you know, in, in their own way by coming up with a, a new sound. So that's one I, I've been into lately. Fantastic. We've got a music connoisseur on the pod and that's always a good thing. Joe, thank you so much. This has been such an illuminating conversation and it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Marketing Futures Podcast. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Marketing Futures Podcast. Have an idea for a topic or guest for a future episode? Shoot us a note at marketingfutures at ana.net. Be sure to subscribe to the Futures Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, if you're looking to get smart on the future, point your browsers to ana.net slash futures. This has been a presentation of the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey.